Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, while we're still planning things out for our upcoming season, season eight, which starts in early March, we are going through a rapid reaction series where we're actually going to listen to an audio article from the Firetime magazine together, and I'm going to give you my rapid reaction thoughts to it. So this week, we're actually going to listen to an article that came out fairly recently in the December issue of the Firetime magazine, and it's by my friend Brian Barnhill. He's been a guest on this podcast before. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's going to be worth your time. But Brian wrote an article that's called The Secret, Four Simple Steps to Reconciliation. And this is an article, I've listened to it, man, probably three times on my own once was initially editing it, and then just a couple times since then, because I thought it was so good. But it it has been a little bit since I've heard it, and I want to listen to it with you, and there are absolutely some thoughts I have. If if you have trouble with customers, and, and frankly, honestly, even with just reconciling with friends and loved ones, this is something that you have to hear. So I'm going to jump out of the way, let's listen to it together, and I'm going to give you my reaction afterwards. The Secret Four Simple Steps to Reconciliation by Brian Barnhill There are certain truths in our industry we all face, and the odds are good that we're all facing them right now. Temperatures are cooler, and supposedly no one saw it coming. Quote, friends you haven't heard from in years are calling you, begging you to be squeezed into your already tight schedule. And then there's that customer, the one who's calling, the one who's angry, the one who's hard to please. The one who ruins your day. The one who puts you in a bad mood. I'm not here to tell you how to change the weather to suit your business. And I haven't figured out how to get all those, quote, friends to call in their favors in the summer. But I have figured out how to manage that customer, even when that customer is angry, even when it's our fault, and even when it's not. I first learned about the secret when my children were little. I don't actually call it the secret. I call it the long-form apology. But my wife calls it the secret, not because it's covert or confidential, but because it's the solution that fixes almost any people problem. In life, business life, family life, is full of people problems. Before we had our first child, my wife was a teacher, which is a job full of people problems. So when we were blessed with our daughter and soon after our son, she was confident that she could keep typical sibling squabbles to a minimum. What does a school teacher's parenting tool have to do with business? Well, here's the thing. If it works for children, it probably works for adults too. Let me tell you what the secret looks like as a parent first. A few years back, I came home from a long day of chimneys. Unfortunately, I had dealt with more than one of those customers. I was completely dragged out, so I plopped myself down on the couch and tried to switch into dad mode. That's when my son took one of those small balsa wood airplanes, threw it across the room, and pegged my daughter squarely in the nose. Of course, she barked in surprise and felt very upset. I took a deep breath, ready to parent the situation. But before I could get a word out, my son comforted my daughter with direct eye contact and these words. I'm sorry I hit you with the airplane. I know that hurts. Are you okay? Through her anger, she said, I'm okay. He continued, it's my fault. I wasn't being careful. 
Next time, I'm going to play with this outside so it won't hit anybody. Do you forgive me? She softened her face and replied, It's okay. I know it was an accident. I forgive you. This scene plays out frequently at our house, as hurt feelings happen when you live with other people. And each time it does, my kids learn a little bit about each other and a little bit about how to be a better sibling. They also build trust instead of tearing it down. Acknowledging a problem, owning up to it, and fixing it are important skills in sibling relationships. But they're also life skills. It occurred to me to use the secret in business after I saw what it did in our family. Sometimes you have to tweak it a little because your clients are not your children. Sometimes you have to tweak it a little because your clients are just like your children, quick to anger and eager to be heard. So here's the secret, step by step. Step one, say you're sorry. This is the easy part. It sets the tone. It lets the other person know you're entering into a reconciliation instead of an argument. It should be said calmly, slowly, and without a hint of sarcasm or defensiveness. This does not mean that you are to blame. It just means you're sorry and have empathy for the struggles of others. Step two, say what went wrong. Spell it out plainly, even if you're just repeating back what they've already said to you. Say why it was wrong and why it upset them. Acknowledge the issue. Let the customer know you hear the problem. For example, you might say, I'm sorry that quote was unclear to you. It's frustrating to have an unexpected expense. Or maybe, I'm sorry we tracked footprints on your white carpet. We didn't care for your home the way that we should have. No one likes an extra mess to clean up. It can even be their fault, but still acknowledge the problem. Step three, say what you'll do differently. Explain what you'll change so this doesn't continue to happen to them or to anyone else. Again, it doesn't have to be your fault to do this. See this as an opportunity to fix holes in your systems and elevate the services you provide. This is something we can all do because we're a system of people, and people make mistakes. People have bad days, and people have room to grow. So you might say, in the future, we'll work on clarifying those estimates ahead of time. I see how the communication was unclear to you. We don't want that to happen again. Or maybe, in the future, we plan to wear booties so no one else has the frustration of footprints on the carpet. We'll make it our new standard. Step four, ask for forgiveness. This can feel awkward in business. It's not always best to directly say, do you forgive me? That's really personal and vulnerable. But asking for forgiveness is a crucial step. It gives the customer the chance to acknowledge that their concerns have been addressed and confirm that they're ready to enter into reconciliation with you. In personal relationships, this is the step that says we're ready to move on. In business, we shouldn't eliminate it. Instead, we should reframe it. So you might say, I want to reiterate that I'm really sorry this happened. You're important to us. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure we take good care of you. Do you see how important you are to us and trust that we're going to make things right? Bonus step, surprise and delight. I consider this last step a bonus because you don't always need it. For example, you probably don't need it when you're parenting, but it might come in handy with your spouse, hint, hint, and it definitely helps with that customer. This is where you surprise and delight your client. Rebuild that trust. Turn their experience into a joyful story. This is the moment that changes that customer into a loyal client. It gives them the opportunity to say something good, even extraordinary, about your business. So you might say, I know that quote was unclear to you. I'd like to treat you to dinner at my favorite restaurant. Here's a gift card from me. Or maybe, here are some flowers to brighten up your home until the carpet cleaners arrive to take care of those footprints. Please send us the bill. At this point, you might be thinking, 
I can't afford to make these sorts of moments memorable and positive. But the truth is just the opposite. You actually can't afford to pass up these opportunities. After all, the best kind of marketing is word-of-mouth advertising. I once heard that every negative customer tells 10 people, but I'm guessing that number is low. On the flip side, when people get to experience customer service that's truly next level, they tell everyone about it. That's powerful marketing. And we have a budget for high-level marketing. So don't look at this sort of situation and say, we didn't make any money on that client. Instead, say, we have a budget for that. Let's make it magical for this customer. Even something as simple as a handwritten note and a bundle of firewood can help. It's a chance to be creative, make connections, and engage in the personal side of business. The secret hasn't solved all of our problems, but it has given my team and me a plan. This plan intentionally addresses tough situations and truly allows injured parties to be heard, which opens doors to forgiveness and produces positive outcomes. This plan turns one-star reviews into five-star reviews. It turns upset clients into big sales. And on my best days, it gives me what I want at home too. Strong relationships, genuine forgiveness, and unexpected joy. Wow, man, I hope you got a lot out of that article. This is, like I said, I think this is the fourth time I've listened to it. And every single time I'm taking something new away. I mean, there's just, there's so much that's good here. I I jotted down some notes as we were listening to it together. And, you know, the first thing that hit me is just when Brian talked about clients being like children, this is really true. And actually, even, even just if you're someone who is in a leadership position, in, in, in many cases, the people that, that work for you can, can be like children. And that's not an indictment on them to say that they're, you know, they're dumb or immature or anything, but it's just a reality that many things as a parent are true for you as a leader as well. Now, clients can be quick to anger and, you know, eager to be heard. I, I think about that with my kids. I've, I have two little kids and it's amazing how at the flip of a switch, we go from totally fine to full blown, you know, hysteria and crying. And, and that just happens as kids have little fragile emotions that they're trying to figure out. But for our clients in many situations, because they haven't done this before and because they're spending such a huge amount of money, they don't act rationally. And so if something goes wrong, it's our job to step in and and really be the guide to help them through this situation because they can be quick to anger. And I mean, I'm sure that, you know, anyone who does a lot of customer service knows this, that clients are just eager to be heard. In so many cases, when we run away from customers or when we try to throw money at problems to solve them or give a company line that is not sympathetic or, or relating to their situation at all, clients very often hate it. Most often, they just want to be heard. So when you're in a difficult situation with a customer, you know, on the showroom floor, or maybe there was an installation that went south, and you're having to deal with the cleanup of it, remember, you don't have to get the last word in. Listen, and just let them be heard, and ask them, is there anything else that went wrong with this? Is there anything else? I need to make sure that I understand this. I'm telling you, eventually, they will get it out of their system, and they can start to think more rationally, and then you can have a conversation about it. So I think that that was really good. Just going through the steps that Brian had, step one, apologize. This is like bedrock ground zero. We must be quick to apologize. If you're one of those people that has like a pride issue where you can't apologize because it makes you look weak, you just got to get over that. In in a, in a customer situation, we, and, I, and this is true again with like, uh, with a spouse, with kids, you must 
be quick to apologize. In general, with most customer service issues and even relational issues in life, it is not 100% one party's fault. There is almost always blame that can go both ways. And even if you're only 3% of the blame, you need to own your 3% because that opens up the doors to reconciliation. Sometimes, you know, people think, well, if I apologize for anything, the customer is just going to bleed me dry and they're off to the races. And I would argue that's not the case, that you can apologize specifically for what you own without taking responsibility for what is not your fault. So that was really good. And I, and I think that one of the things that Grant always says is that a customer's experience is their experience. Now, objectively, it may not have happened the way that they think it did or with you know maybe your company or whoever they're frustrated at didn't have the intentions that the customer is making the assumption that they had, but we can't argue with their experience. And so we should apologize. One thing to be careful of, you know, don't say, I'm sorry, that's how you feel. That that is just patronizing, and it makes it it makes them feel dumb. Don't say, oh, "I'm sorry you feel that way." Instead, say, "I'm sorry this happened to you." Now, again, their perception of what happened to them is what happened to them, and you can apologize for that. Now, it gives you an opportunity to start jumping into a conversation of your side of the story and 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 you can talk about what your company does and 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 where you feel like you went wrong but I think you can still say you know man I'm sorry that this happened I think that that's really a good start for you know patching up bad customer relationships next up is recap makes a ton of sense you know yeah I'm I'm sorry that this happened to you just like Brian said no one likes it when you know white carpets get mud all over them from an installation team you know, that's a clear example where, where your company is in the wrong. There's a situation that I'm thinking about a while ago where I had sold a fireplace about two hours away to a designer. They bought it on behalf of their client. So I spent a bunch of time with the designer working on the project. We sold it. We drove about two hours to go install it. And the installation setup was strange, but the designer said that that was what they wanted essentially we went back to the store there ended up being problems with a miscommunication between the designer the designer and the homeowner and their understanding of what could and couldn't be done and the designer ended up getting fired from the project so the homeowner came in and was just furious they they said that they didn't even want the fireplace it was not theirs and they wanted us to come and rip it out now that was a situation that was tough and and there was actually blame really on on everybody in a different way now, as, as, as I talked to that customer, I had to say, like, I'm really sorry for what you're going through. And I explained, this is, this is what has happened so far. And just really coolly and calmly, I just documented the events that happened. Hey, you know, on this day, this is when the designer contacted us. I'm going to forward you an email conversation that we had addressing these specific issues. And the designer made the call that this is what they wanted to go with. You know, so we went through it each step of the way. And... In doing it, the situation was not good, but it got significantly better by number one, apologizing for what they'd been through. Number two, just recapping, not getting emotion into it. Well, you did this and this happened. No, just like calmly and clearly. Hey, on this day, the designer first wrote us about the project. This is what they specified. When we wrote back, this is what we talked about. We, you know, we talked about our scope of work that we sent over that the designer had signed for the scope of work with them representing the project and all these different things. So I think that idea of recapping is really, really good. But then next up, 
What are you going to do differently? So in this case, this is a weird one that I just never had before. And essentially, we just, we kind of talked about, man, how did this happen? And we just talked about, you know, yeah, the, the, the distance of being two hours away is tough because we weren't able to just go out and drop everything to look at the job. We had to plan it specifically. Now, we talked about how next time what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that you're involved in every conversation going forward. So, you know, again, it's not a guarantee that this is going to make somebody happy, but just acknowledge what you're going to do differently, even if it's not your fault. Like in this case that we had, like it was clearly signed for, it was, it was the scope of work and everything was understood by the designer who was, who was acting as the contractor on the job, making, making decisions. But it doesn't change the fact that we didn't communicate with the homeowner. And so we can, we can honestly say going forward, we are absolutely going to make sure that you are looped into every conversation. And I'm really sorry that, that you weren't to this point. That's okay to do. You know, finally, surprise and delight. This didn't happen on this same job, but I can think of a couple other of, of projects I've had that have gone pretty poorly, where afterwards we would surprise and delight the customer where in, in one setting, we gave them like $200 worth of some wine that we thought was something that they would really like. And in another one, we actually gave a customer some blazer tickets. And what was cool about that one is this is a customer that bought a gas insert from us. And there was just some problems with the installation. It had mostly been patched over and some time had gone by. And we ended up having some extra company tickets to the Portland Trailblazers game that night. And, you know, we just thinking about it, we were like, I think it'd be awesome if we just randomly sent it to this customer, you know, after a month or two of the issue being resolved. So we just reached out to him and just said, hey, this is super last minute, but we have some tickets for an upcoming Blazer game and just wanted to see if you'd be interested in going. And they were ecstatic. So, you know, taking the tickets, going to the game again, even if a couple months has gone by, if you don't feel good about the way that it ended, finding ways to surprise and delight is a really big deal. And over and over and over, it can lead to referral work and, and customers that, you know, can ultimately maybe even become your friend. When Brian talked about the fact that word of mouth advertising is the most important, he's right. And, and companies should have a budget for it. That's a great idea just to have a, a budget for, you know, maybe, maybe every month you budget 200 bucks or 300 bucks for something doesn't go well, you can do something kind for your customer and gracious. At the end of the day, people just want to be heard. This is the problem with so many call centers is that when the person's reading from a script, I'm sorry, that's how you feel. Our policy is X, Y, Z. There's no empathy there. there there's, there's no human to human connection. People want to be heard. If, if you can listen to your customer, apologize for what they've gone through, you know, recap the situation and talk about what's going to be done differently. You know, it, it, chances are that it, it's going to end well. And I just think that the whole thing comes down to a posture of humility and actually caring about your customer. So I got a ton of value out of that. I hope that you did too, and that you can put some of it into practice this week. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash it's fire time. And if you enjoyed this article, we have a podcast for the fire time magazine that's available in all the major podcast catchers. You can look in the show notes here to get a link to it. And if you go ahead and subscribe to that, we're going to bring you articles every month and 
to me, this is so important when you're driving in the work truck, when you're, when you're, you know, at home getting ready for the day to be filling your mind with content to build you up. And we hope it does that. So I'm going to jump out of the way and we will talk to you guys again next week when we go through another article from the Firetime magazine. Thank you for listening to the Firetime podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn.